Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. That was opening day back in 2001 when Vince McMahon, in partnership with his friend Dick Ebersole at NBC, launched the XFL, comp- uh, competitor to the NFL. But this was going to be different. This wasn't the USFL. This was going to be brash and exciting and over the top and incorporate, you know, the best of pro football and the best of pro wrestling in, into an exciting new product. And it got a lot of attention. And it failed spectacularly. I mean, not your typical failure. I mean, the kind of failure that people still talk about to this day. There's a 30 for 30 ESPN documentary about the XFL, and it's a fascinating story. And in fairness to to Vince, I mean, even though the XFL failed, it, it proved to be influential. At least in the way football's broadcast, not necessarily in the way football's played. Uh, they still do kickoffs in football, not like this uh, scramble where you have the football in the middle of the field and two players run to try to get it. That was weird. But, yeah, I mean, in fairness to Vince, he's a risk taker. They tried something new. They tried something different. It didn't work. But guess what? He's going to try again. Well, that's certainly a risk-taking endeavor on the part of Vince McMahon, announcing today, just about an hour ago, that the XFL will be back. It's going to kick off in 2020. Eight teams, a 10-week regular season. Uh, It's not clear which cities, or for that matter, it's not clear where you're going to be able to watch the XFL. So why why is he doing this? Joining us for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome the program, Charles Curtis. Uh, He's a writer for For the Win, the sports uh, network, part of the USA Today Network, and uh, also author of the Weirdo Academy, uh, Kids Books. Charles, great to have you with us. You're welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. So what is Vince McMahon thinking? (laughs) I think he sees an opportunity. I mean, this is a guy who's a, you know, he's a brilliant businessman. He look at what he's done with the WWE, yeah. and I, he said in his press conference that he he's been thinking about this for years. And I think he's seeing, uh, first of all, sort of a, a nation that is looking. You know, I think politically there, there's a climate for this, but also from a football point of view, you know, the NFL. Everyone's talking about declining ratings and 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 bad quality of of product, bad quality of football. And so I think he thinks he can seize on that and somehow uh, kind of propel what was a failed endeavor in twenty in, in two thousand one into something successful potentially. Well, and it's funny because uh, you know Vince and, and Donald Trump they they have a relationship going back mm-hmm. a number of years, uh, and obviously at the moment uh, the president and the NFL seem to be at odds. Is is there some some of that could could that play into to Vince McMahon's hands here? I actually think it, it does, and, and that's just my opinion. I'm speculating here. Uh, Vince kind of talked about in his uh, in his press conference. He was asked about President Trump, and and he he answered, you know, we're going to stay as far away from politics as possible. But in that, he's sort of playing into what we've seen in the NFL over the last uh, year, where you have players kneeling, players protesting, and, and the political uh, environment seeping its way into the sport. And so, I think what he's doing here is seizing on that concept and saying here is a here's a product politics free and he didn't go as far as to say that that people will be for uh, players will be forced to stand for the national anthem but it seems like we're heading in some kind of that direction okay so was he was he asked that directly the the part about the yeah, anthem? He was, 
Yeah, he was asked about the anthem a few times, and he kind of skirted around it. He said that that you know he didn't he didn't come out and say exactly that it will be uh, necessary or you know somebody will be suspended if they if they kneel for the anthem or or don't come out. But but you know he he kept saying the rules will be clear and and you know and and we're here to play football. And so I think there's something that will come out once once the rules and sort of and this is coming in 2020, so this is two years away. But once you start seeing kind of the way things are structured, I think there will be some kind of political element or non-political element, as it were. Yeah, you got to think. And I mean, that that would get attention. That would get uh, talked up on, on Fox News and elsewhere that now here, finally, we have a football league that takes the anthem series. I mean, it's such an obvious wedge issue and a great way to grab headlines. I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he didn't make some kind of show around that. Yeah, and I, I think that's why he thinks that the XFL, it's time for the XFL is, is is there are things in the sport of football that he can take advantage of and and mold in, in a way to to the current uh, climate in general. Okay, and and you know you had a piece today about some of the you know the wild elements that were part of the XFL in in that inaugural year, and maybe some of it worked, some of it didn't. I mean, do we get the sense that, it, that he's going to try some of those those wild things again, just the way the game's played, the nicknames on, on, on the jerseys, all of these kinds of things? Yeah, he was asked about some of those elements, specifically the, the nicknames. And, and, and also there was a question from somebody, a reporter, about uh, head injuries. And that's a really, I, I thought, a very, you know, uh, it's obviously a very you know current topic and and is, is alarming in in football in general. And he he kind of talked about you know we're going to look into player safety and things of that nature. But I think the original XFL with its huge hits and some of the stuff that left players you know there was a rule that there were no fair catches, so you you, you had a halo around you according to the the rules, which you were receiving a, a punt or a kickoff, but you couldn't. You couldn't call fair catch and, and avoid being tackled completely, and so you'd end up with these players getting absolutely annihilated. Or that scramble that you talked about at the beginning of the game where two guys would run after football and come to the ground and roll around. I kind of don't know if, if Vince McMahon's going to do that, but I do think that it will be a, uh, a – I don't think those rules will be in place. And Again, I'm speculating. I don't know. We don't know yet, but I think that – the, the tone of Vince McMahon seemed a little bit tamer. You know, it wasn't flashy Vince McMahon. It wasn't over-the-top Vince McMahon. It was kind of very stately and very, you know, solemn in a, in a way that I don't think we've seen a lot from well, him. And I think we see that in the wrestling product. I mean, you know, circa 1999, 2000, 2001, the WWF, uh, as it was known then, it was that attitude era where it was really heavy on the violence, really heavy on, on the, the sexuality, and you, mm. you saw some of that creep into the XFL. If... You know, pro wrestling is not quite that anymore, and I, I suspect maybe the XFL wouldn't be quite that this time around. We're not going to see Vince in the locker room with the cheerleaders, I suspect. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that I don't think That wouldn't so. fly in this era, I don't think. I don't think so, I, I, but you don't know, and that's the thing with, with this announcement now that it's going to happen in 2020, and that's some a, a lot of the, the, the comments that I saw around were when he did this the first time he you know shoved it right out there was no off season it just kind of happened and it came and went in 2001 and i think he's giving it time to see what kind of product he can put together and that might include something uh uh, a little more solemn than the the last time around but i i think he'll see some of the rules uh that might need tweaking i can't think of any off the top of my head but but the idea of you know the two-point conversions that was 
uh, around in the XFL where an extra point, there was no kicking an extra point. There was, there was a, a conversion that you do from the two-yard line. Uh, so I think that, that he'll consider some of that. And he also talks about the pace of play, and he wants a quicker game that, you know, sitting around for a three-and-a-half-hour football game is, is too much, he thought. And so something quicker. And I kind of like that idea uh, that there might be a faster pace yeah. and faster uh, overall game. Well, but the game has to be good. And and maybe uh, of all the factors that led to the demise of the XFL, maybe that was the biggest one. It just wasn't very good football. It was terrible football. <laughs> I remember <laughs> watching that opening game and just shaking my head and saying, well, there's a lot of flash and there's a lot of, of over the top. And, and like you said, the, the names on the back of the jersey, he hate me, was, was Rod Smart. That was one of the, the lasting memories. You ask anybody about the XFL, they talk about he hate me. Yep. And I think that, that hopefully there will be the flash with some stub substance. But given how bad the football was last time and given some of the complaints about the quality of play in the NFL, you know, specifically with short uh, turnarounds on games like Thursday night football games, you kind of wonder, is it going to be a, a product worth watching beyond what might be some WWE type flash? Well, the other thing, too, I mean, there's some decent, potentially decent football players out there who aren't currently employed. I mean, here in Canada, there's a lot of debate about whether the CFL wants to open its its door to Johnny Manziel. Johnny Man- uh, Manziel's name came up today, didn't it? It did, and and it's it's it was kind of shocking because you, I watched it happen in real time. You saw Johnny Manziel kind of send a tweet saying XFL 2020, and he sent it at uh, Vince McMahon. And then it was like minutes later when Vince McMahon was asked about um, uh, players who might be eligible, including Manziel, and and Vince said point blank, "We're not going to let people in who have criminal records." and that's it for Johnny Manziel. If, if there if there's a concern about anyone with a criminal record, I, he he's ineligible, and and he said as much to uh, somebody at ESPN as well. Uh, and this goes back to the anthem issue. I mean, Colin Kaepernick is not a convicted criminal. He's a, a football player who doesn't have a job at the moment. Would would he be welcome in the XFL? It seems like he would be, uh, but again, we don't know what the full rules. It's it's a lot of Vince McMahon's sort of hinting. You know, he gave a few little details there. So we have to see if if there's some kind of I don't know. It, it, it seems to me if, if it's a criminal record issue, he would be he would be qualified. Uh, Vince brought up Tim Tebow. He said it right out. Tim Tebow would be welcome in the league, and, and of course, that's going to set off a lot of uh, people uh, clamoring to see Tim Tebow back on a football field, not on a baseball field. Uh, so I think that, you know, Colin Kaepernick, I, I think his, his response is something like, why not? Uh, so it could happen. In terms of a TV partner, and I mean, this is an interesting time for, for broadcast sports because companies are putting a premium on live sports. It's the kind of thing that people like to watch live. They're less likely to, to PVR it. Uh, but obviously, NBC, it was a disaster for them the first go-around with the XFL. So wh- where is this likely to land? I would think that they would find a streaming partner. And I think you're seeing more of that happening in, in sports, in major sports, too. You have the NFL broadcasting uh, a few games, streaming. There's been Amazon. There's been talk of you know Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and so I think that maybe they would start small. And I say small, and we're talking about streaming. Streaming is, is sort of the big the next big thing in, in, in broadcasting. Um, so I don't know if they would find uh, a partner in a major network, or maybe they would do that and stream it somewhere. Um, so I would think that they would find a streaming partner for sure, because that seems to be sort of the, the next big thing in, in sports. And if they want to be innovative, they, they could do it that way. 
Yeah. Well, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Maybe it'll be another train wreck. Maybe he'll pull it off this time. I think people will be curious to see. Uh, much more coverage of this for the win at ftw.usatoday.com. Charles, thanks so much for joining us here. Really appreciate this. Hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Take care. Uh, that's uh, sports writer and author Charles Curtis. writes for For the Win, sports section of the USA Today. Uh, you can check out his books as well, The Weirdo Academy, uh, books for young readers uh, with sports focus. So the XFL is coming back. And here's another question, though. Should the CFL be worried? Because where is the XFL going to find players? Maybe for some Americans who are in the CFL, maybe there's an opportunity to, well, you know, at least I can play closer to home. Be on American television. So there's potentially an issue there. Got a text here. This one from Justin says, I still have a shirt from back in the early 2000s with XFL plastered all over it. Might be time to dust it off. Yeah, that'd be a collector's item for sure. Let's see what uh, Ron has to say. Ron, welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. Thank you. Uh, Do you know how that uh, Kaepernick started that uh, protesting? Do you know the story behind it? Why he started the protest? Yes. Um, yeah, not off the top of my head, but I mean, there was something specific he had a, a concern with. I think it had to do with um, police brutality, the deaths of, of black men at the hands of police. I think he was trying to make a point about that, if I'm not mistaken. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. The, the, the whole thing of it is, is like he was protest, uh, protesting about that. He did not go to any of the other players and ask them to join him. Right. The players just automatically started going to him and say, hey, bro, what's happening? What, what is, what's going on here? What, what's, what are you doing this for? He explained it to them. They said, yeah, you know, that makes sense. And that's how that whole thing started. Most people don't think that. They think of what Trump was mouthing off, talking about, oh, it's against this, the anthem. It's against the flag. That had nothing to do with the anthem and nothing to do with the flag. Right. It was, it was, yeah. it was like his, his protest against the black people getting shot and killed, and nothing, nothing happened to the people that were doing the shooting, the police and that sort of thing, doing the shooting. So that's, what that, that's how that all started, and that's what it's all about, and it's still all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Ron. appreciate the phone call. Right, and Colin Kaepernick had his reasons, and people can agree or disagree with whether that's the best way to, to make your point or whether that's a legitimate issue, but sure, I, I, that's, that's his call. And very few players were doing it. There were only a handful of players who were, were following Colin Kaepernick's lead. It only became a big issue when you had the president of the United States demanding that it be stopped. So, well, hang on a second. You don't get to tell us how to run our business. And, and so it was basically a protest against that. But that's died down, too. It's really a non-issue. So you got a couple of players here and there that, that still do it. Okay. That's their decision. I think we can get on with their lives. So I don't see that as a big controversy, but it it bothers some people still. And those people are free to decide whether or not they want to watch the NFL or support the NFL. And, uh, you know, Vince McMahon comes out and says, I got a football league where no player is allowed to kneel for the national anthem. Maybe that'll appeal to some people. Is that going to make or break his league? I'd be hard-pressed to convince me that that's enough to make a league a success. But it'll impress some people. It'll get them a lot of attention. So I'm curious to see. And you know what? Having failed at something once, you'll learn lessons. What worked? What didn't work? You know, and Vince has seen a lot of success and failure in his primary business, the wrestling industry, where they've had years of huge success. They've had years where things didn't go so well. You know, in the mid to late 90s, they were getting their butts kicked by, uh, was it Ted Turner and his, his wrestling operation? 
Well, Vince roared back, learned from his mistakes, and, and quashed them and took them over, in fact. So, I wouldn't write off Vince McMahon just yet, but I'm still skeptical uh, as to the XFL's chances of success. 403-974-8255. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.